This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're preparing for a possible baby in episode number 149. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. This week, we are going to talk about preparing for conception. So you may be at a place where you're hoping for a baby, where you've had babies and you're hoping for another baby, but you're probably in the place where you're not pregnant yet, but you're starting to think about it. I had somebody send me an email last week where she said that the emails that I was sending out had made her want another baby, and I definitely get that sentiment because... I find that many things make me want another baby, though at this point, uh, being thick and in the thick of things with a whole bunch of kids helps to helps to ease that baby longing a little bit. But it's definitely normal for us to start wanting another baby. And you want to create an environment that's going to be good for your baby. And you may want to create an environment that helps you to conceive if you're actively trying to conceive or if you're considering it. And sometimes you may be thinking about another baby, longing for another baby, but it's just not the right time. And so there's a slight consolation in knowing that you're getting yourself and your environment and everything healthy to wait on that hoped-for one-day baby. So this episode is all about not really trying to conceive, but preparing for conception. So before you even conceive or before you're really even trying to conceive or if you're in that place of TTCing right now, these are some things that you can think of. But that's the place that we're at today. One thing that I feel is really important and I've, I've talked about this on podcast episodes and I've also hinted at this in some of the blog posts that I've done recently um, is, you know, this is, is kind of a value shifting. And the reality of pregnancy and birth and mothering and our cultures, in our cultures, strong and I think correct drive to create greater opportunities for women based on past treatment of women and the past paradigms that were held about women. I think that that we've really pushed we've really pushed to the point where we don't want women and men to be any different but the i mean the reality is is that women and men are different and i'm really not afraid to say it so you know if y'all disagree with me completely you can feel free to stop the podcast right now but i feel that men and women are different and i talked about this a little bit on the last podcast episode that women I believe women really operate from a more holistic framework. So even though we're capable of what men are capable of, we're still different than men. I mean, men, except for, you know, birth and babies and breastfeeding them, I mean, men are capable of a lot of what we're capable of. So it really goes both ways. But the fact is, is that we're different. I mean, our very biology defines us as different. Um, And when you look at, you know, when you look at women... We just, we do have a more holistic, we do have a more holistic place in the world. And, and that requires some integration. And I think that the, the modern world is, isn't friendly to that in some ways because of the pacing of modern life. 
and in some kind of cruel ways, I guess, that pacing is especially extreme for women. When you think about men and women, unless you're thinking about a guy who's like moonlighting, trying to get his business going, or a workaholic, so accepting those guys, if you think about men and women, who do you think about as being busier and more harried and more stressed and trying to keep more balls in the air, more plates spinning, juggling more? It's women for sure. So when we look at pregnancy and birth and even conception, because conception is a good event to look at, like we see conception on all of these animated videos on YouTube or these, um, you know, these videos that we watched in science class as kids and that process was sped up. But the reality is, is that it actually, even though it's happening rapidly, it's kind of paradoxically happening slowly. So we go from this fertilized egg, um, you know, who is the tiniest spark of human life to a baby in nine months. And that's really quite incredible. But there are a lot of pauses and things happen gradually, even though they happen magnificently and almost astoundingly. And when you think about a baby and the pace of life that a baby lives, and even the pace of life that a toddler lives, if you've ever taken a walk with a toddler in nature, they may race some, but then they'll stop and dawdle over like a plant or a bug or a piece of bark. And It'll feel like forever and you're like, okay, let's move on. Let's go. And so they may race for a minute and then, and then they slow down. And that, I can't remember where I read about the way that kids play because this was many, many years ago because I remember observing it in action at a park that we were having a La Leche League picnic at. But they were talking about how it may have even been a fitness website. Maybe it was a fitness website that was talking about like natural human movement and and encouraging you to look at children. And like if you watch children play, you'll see that they play like that. Like they sprint. Like if you watch a kid pack at a park or something, like the kid pack will sprint and they'll be really active and agitated and then they'll stop and like they'll be calm for a little bit relatively speaking, working out the politics of their game or whatever when it's not instructor-directed or parent-directed. So there's there's times of like frenetic activity and then times of calm and talking. And, and so it kind of happens in bursts. And that's really the way that, that we as humans tend to work anyways. And so all of this to say that the pacing of our life, the pacing of life that's expected by a pregnant body and by our babies and by our toddlers and even by our children think about it if you're go 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 with your children you know that your children start to melt down children really do well with more open free time less structured activity and a regular rhythm and routine it's a slower pacing and so when you're starting to think about conception think about that and look at your life in that regard so you know, what are, you know, what is your life look like? And I think that as a whole, culturally, as I record this, we're at what I'm praying is moving towards the tail end of the coronavirus pandemic. And we've seen a lot of shifting in values just happening over the last six or seven months, because people's lives have been forced to shift dramatically, because you just can't do what you once did. Life cannot go at the pace that it once went because it had to slow down for health and safety and and societal protection. And so we've seen value shifting. 
And I think that we're seeing, you know, we're seeing women who are considering intentionally whether they want to conceive or not. Now, of course, some women are saying, I don't want to conceive right now. The world is crazy. And certainly, as I'm recording this, the political climate is almost unbelievably hostile and tense. It it makes me a bit ashamed. Um, But that's, you know, that's outside of this podcast's range. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of tension. Even on my own Facebook feeds, I I can see a lot of polarization happening. And this is a difficult time to walk in. And so some people are saying, no, I don't want to have kids right now. Look at the world. It's a mess. And that's understandable. But some people are saying, you know, I want to create something different. I want to create something intentional. Kind of going back to what we talked about vision in the last podcast episode. I want to create something different and I'm open to conceiving. I'm open to a new person and I'm also open to what I can do to leave a legacy of something different. And that's going to look really different for every single one of us. We all have different worldviews. That's part of what makes the world good, even as frustrating as it is. Believe me, guys, um, I, I, you know, as as I've been active in, in some things and um, testifying before state legislatures and stuff about some issues it's like you just want to bash your head into the wall when people won't see things from your perspective, and especially when they're people who are in positions of political power. But really and truly, a wide variety of opinions and thoughts and perspectives and paradigms coming to the table and discussing those things is part of what, what creates strength. And it's part of what creates a balanced society where we can look at things in different ways. It's when there's this extreme polarization where nobody will talk to anybody or consider anybody else's viewpoint that we have problems. But you may be thinking, I want, you know, I would like to raise an intelligent, thoughtful young person who's going to really contribute to the dialogue or help encourage us to come back to the dialogue. So you might be inspired. Anyways, regardless of the reasons, maybe just have baby fever. And I totally get that. Many of us um, are thinking about, you know, Is it time to try for another baby or not? So if you're in that place, then the pandemic does have some lessons. And I talked about this some a few episodes ago when I talked about how we have fewer preemies and and we have more, uh, more breast milk. Moms have more abundant breast milk right now. And part of that is because of that slowing down and the slower pacing of life. So even when on a global scale, we have so much more tension, there are some ways where Things have gotten easier for people because our schedules aren't as busy and we have more time to be at home and to putter and to rest or to go take walks or to experiment with cooking good food. Um, It's so fun. I I tried doing pan-fried pizzas the other night and I, I got better by the last pizzas. I was getting better at figuring out how to do the crust. The first ones were a little bit... You know, the crust was really thick, but I actually can't wait to try it again because I feel like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of this. I'll do it even better next time. So there's time for fun like that with food, and there's just time for being more intentional, I think. Um, Just values have really shifted, and my hope is that they're shifting more back towards families and communities and less silos, but more towards... You know, how can I anchor my family and and grow my family's health? And then as we're able to start coming together again as communities, more um, about what can I do for my community? And so it's this in some ways, it's a good time to be thinking about having a baby when everybody is doing that sort of intentional thinking and everybody's doing that intentional slowing down 
because it allows you to choose to slow down and embrace more of that natural pacing in life. Again, if you think about it, nature is really the same. If we think about it, like nature has frenetic pacing sometimes during storms, or again, as I'm recording this, we're seeing wildfires on the West Coast. Like we see those tragedies happen in blazes, literally, and then things will be calm and quiet. And so it's really just this kind of pattern to life. And so it's respecting that most of the time life just plugs around at this slower pace. And that might be something that you need to really evaluate as you're thinking about making space for a baby in your life. So let's talk about like, I anytime I talk about pregnancy or birth or babies or conception, you know this is going to come up if you've listened to anything from me. But you've got to look at how you're eating. What does your nutrition look like? Um, you want to be really well nourished. And this is one of those things that when I was in a period where I wanted to conceive again but knew that we needed to wait for whatever reason, this was one of the things that helped me was thinking about, okay, how am I going to eat real well to start getting my body ready for conception when it's time to conceive? Because sometimes when you think about it, you want a little bit of time for that. So this is a good time to switch to eating really nutrient-dense foods and to build nutrient reserves, which is a project that can take some time. Um, if you want to look at a book that really goes into this in a lot of great detail, um, the Brighton Baby Book, and I'll put that in the show notes, uh, it really outlines a lot of preconception stuff. And you need to read it in the spirit of being informed and not a spirit of feeling any sort of condemnation for anything that you can't do or anything that you didn't do for a, a previous baby. Instead, look at it and say, you know, these are things that I can do to help my new baby be healthy. But um, that book really goes into a lot of detail about preconception health and what you can do to get your body ready for the preconception period. But eating well is just one of those things and eating a really nutrient-dense diet so that you start to restore nutrient stores that may have been depleted because of stress or trauma or previous pregnancies and breastfeeding. I mean, it takes a lot out of you. I had eight babies in the course of 16 years, um, some closer than, than others, but, you know, that's that's a lot going on in a body and you have to just, you really have to give yourself the nourishment so that you're not depleted. Um, and this is also a good time. Like if you want to take supplements, say an herbal supplement for adrenal health or something prior to conception is a good time to do that. And if you've got a little bit before you're going to conceive, you have the time to take some of those supplements, help get your body where you want it to be equalized and then consider if you want to wean off those supplements before you actually try to conceive. So this is something that you can do and feel good about doing, even if you know it's going to be a little bit before it, you're actually ready um, to be open to conception and open to, to the baby for whatever reason. Like maybe you need to finish a year of school or something. This is something that you can do in that period of time. One thing about eating for conception is we know that if you want to boost fertility, a lower carbohydrate, higher protein diet, hands down, increases fertility in women. And I actually have come to feel that that's a great diet for most women across pregnancy. Uh, one of the blog post articles that I've been working on is talking about having a healthy pregnancy over 35. 
which a lot of women are waiting longer to conceive, which means that there's a little bit more insulin resistance on board. And of course, today, our standard diet is so overwhelmingly carb heavy that a lot of people are encountering insulin resistance way, way sooner than people in the past would have. So anyways, a lower carbohydrate, not necessarily ketogenic, though when you're when you're in that period where you're pre- preparing for conception, you could go ketogenic if you wanted to, um, but not necessarily ketogenic, just lower carb, higher protein. And then I do feel like when you're pregnant, pregnancy just takes so much energy that having some level of carbohydrate in there is a good idea, but it doesn't have to be anywhere near the standard amount that that most people are getting today. So those are some things about diet. Definitely add movement in. Almost every post I've written recently has talked about adding movement into your day in your life. Even, like I said, even on the email list, um, I've been writing about getting outside more with your baby. You're getting outside with pregnant you, out in nature. Um, and that's part of that is just getting more movement into your day. I'm actually hypocritical because it's later afternoon when I'm recording this and I forgot to take my walk today because of kid issues and homeschool issues and everything and, and the walk just didn't happen and I'm sitting here thinking, geez, I should have taken my walk. But again, that getting that movement and creating that habit of intentional movement and it doesn't necessarily mean creating an exercise routine, though it could more it's just a habit of getting more movement in, getting a walk in daily, maybe working on ramping up the amount of time that you're walking, being active around the house. Um, housework can be surprisingly athletic. Uh, so, you know, just use that as an opportunity. Have a, you know, have a weekly routine for keeping up the house that gets you moving a little bit. I, I like housework because it tends to be very, you know, you have to reach and stretch to get some things out of high cabinets, at least when you're a shorty like I am. And you have to squat down to get things out of low cabinets. And you have to stop to scoop up kid things and folding laundry and cleaning things and this and that and the other. So it's not necessarily even that your goal is a spick and span house. Like I I, I will admit, y'all, I'm just not really a duster. You know, I don't do a lot of dusting. So I, but I do, you know, there are things that I, I do do. Like I like having clean mirrors in the bathroom. So anyways, there's just different things that you can do to add more movement into your day um, and things that can become routine, like part of the habit set that you you walk through every day so that that is just part of who you are and it becomes part of your routine. And then, of course, as you get closer to conception or when you conceive, you can definitely add in a prenatal workout routine. But if you've got a basis of a lot of movement just being a normal everyday part of your life, you're really setting yourself and your baby up for many benefits, um, you know, just for you being toned and it much, you know, more likely for you to have a natural birth and good positioning for your baby and all those sorts of things. So even now, if you, you can set up that foundation and then think about, you know, creating space for your baby. And I touched on this a bit, but like literally kind of creating space, de-stress, think about how can I lower stress in my life because, it's healthy for babies in the womb to experience stress and then to experience you calming down. That's healthy for them because they'll experience stress throughout their entire life. And it's good for you to kind of program them to handle that in a healthy way. But you don't want to experience chronic stress. And so finding ways to lower your stress levels. Sometimes that's hard. Poverty is the thing that brings the biggest 
level of stress for any mom. But even if money is an issue for you, then find ways to de-stress. Strong support systems can help with resiliency um, and looking for programs and things that can help is a good idea. But one of the biggest things is strong support systems. And most communities have support systems for moms or moms-to-be. Um, many churches do as well. So look at those like your church or synagogue or whatever do they have a group and some of it you're not going to get into until you're a mom but knowing that those resources are there and available to you can help you finding even a support group online can be helpful like I said I'm, I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast episode I'm working on a Facebook group hoping to get that launched here in the next couple of weeks. But even a group like that, it's not going to replace, I don't think it's going to replace in-person support from family and friends and community agencies and all that kind of thing. But it's something. And I will say that it certainly helps to have a friend, to have family close. But I know that throughout my years of mothering, some of my strongest supports have come through various community agencies uh, like the WIC office or that sort of program. And because I was just in a place in my life where where I didn't have a super strong support system um, outside of that, and, and that was really helpful to me. So don't necessarily knock those things just because it feels like, well, I should have family or friends or I don't have a church family, I don't have a synagogue, I don't have anything that I can go to to connect with people. Or when I go to those places, I feel like an outsider. You know, look and see what resources are there. How can you network with people? And I know it's a little harder right now as I'm recording this because we are dealing with a pandemic. But these are the kinds of things to keep in mind that just human connections. And again, even a Facebook group, if that's what you got, that's what you got. I would love to have you in mind. But these are things that can help you de-stress and sometimes be able to give you perspective that you don't have because you're right in the middle of your situation. So lower your stress levels. I recommend that you declutter your house. Now is a great time to work on that project. Um, I've been working on a 20 week, uh, like a 20 week plan to declutter my house. And I really like it because it's at a slow enough pace that I can do it. Some weeks are much lighter and some weeks are much heavier just because of the space that's being decluttered. I like the way that this particular course, and I can't remember the name of it, but I can try and put it in the show notes if you're interested in it. Um, I like this course though because she kind of varies it like you'll do a physical space and then you'll do something that's not necessarily physical like gathering all of your million and a half to-do lists and sticky notes together and consolidating them into one system or looking over your calendar or going through your photographs as opposed to your decluttering like a room every single week and I like that and I like the way that when you do do a room or even any of them you know you kind of break it down into chunks so you're not doing an overwhelming amount every week and there have been some weeks where it's been like a huge project and I've had to take a couple weeks to get through one week's worth of work. But it's always there waiting for me when I go back to move forward to the next week and I really like it. So I think that decluttering um, at a gradual pace can be helpful, though I know that some people like to do it really fast. But decluttering, again, as part of that is all mental and emotional 
and it's clearing the way it's clearing things out. It's it goes back to what I talked about in the last podcast episode about the atmosphere of your home and the feeling in your home. Like for me, one thing is is we enjoy watching movies, but I do not enjoy having movie boxes everywhere. I don't like that aesthetic. So one of the things that um, we did is we invested in um, a lifetime pass for Plex, which is a media server. And if that goes totally over your head, that's 100% okay. But basically what it lets me do is rip a DVD to our computer, um, store that DVD on our hard drive, and then Plex just has an interface that allows us to beautifully browse through our movies and then the movies can all go in a box out in the barn so I don't have discs everywhere but we can still enjoy our family's movie collection which is good because some of the stuff that you see on some of the streaming services is not so good so anyways it's just but it's one of those things like when you look around and you think what do I not want to have out everywhere? For me, it's important in the evening that kids' stuff in the den be corralled or even hidden because I don't want that out when it's adult downtime. So those are things that you can think about is what do you want out? What do you want in your space? What creates clutter, mental, emotional clutter? And how can you work on that sort of thing? So this is a good time to do that. Um, decluttering. I think anytime you're thinking about conception is a great time to green your clean. So go through your cleaning products, look at what you're using, decide, you know, do you want to use different things? I will put a link in the show notes to my review of Grove. Um, We've been with Grove literally for years at this point and um, I like it. It's, you know, it's a monthly box, but, but you pick what goes in your box. And if you don't need it one month, you don't have to get it, but it's all like, um, cleaning and personal care products that are healthy for you and for the environment. And it's allowed me to experiment with different brands and find things that I like and that really work for me with scents that I like that really work for me because even natural scents, some of them are just like, whoa, no way. And I won't name any names of scents in case it happens to be your favorite ones, but I'll just say that I guess we have picky noses. So anyways, But it's a good time now while you're thinking about conception is a good time to clean up those products. I would especially encourage you to look at your laundry products and your personal care products because your skin is an organ that absorbs. And so anything that you're taking in through your skin, either personal care products that you're putting on your body or, um, you know, products that are going into your laundry and then are sitting up against your skin and your clothing, Those are things to consider. Another thing related is you may want to do a wardrobe evaluation, especially um, things that you wear in in intimate places, in bikini areas, especially looking at your undies. Are they synthetic? Are they allowing for breathing down there and that sort of thing just because you want a really healthy environment down there? And something you can do along with diet, really this kind of goes back in diet and supplements, which I already covered. But considering probiotics and things like that just to help get a good balance of flora and fauna in your body might be a good thing to do. I recommend that you choose like three high quality probiotic supplements, three brands that you trust. I'm sorry y'all, I think my kids are hammering something on the deck and so if you can hear that in the background I apologize. Um, But anyways, uh, I recommend three probiotic supplements and then you alternate between those so that you get a little bit of variety in what you take. 
But anyways, so this is a good time to really green your clean and to look at those personal care products and what's sitting right up against your skin because you're trying to create that optimal, healthy environment for conception. And then again, going back to what we talked about in last week's podcast episode, what feeling or vision do you want for the environment that you raise your child in and start taking, perhaps pun intended, but start taking those baby steps to get to that point that that you want to be at um, for you and for your future little one. And so, you know, resources that you might consider are some things that I mentioned last week, um, like the, the early years book for Montessori, and I'll put that in the show notes. Um, if you're thinking about perhaps having a large family or you're thinking about homeschooling, I think the book Managers of Their Homes is a definite winner for helping you realize how to, you know, how to organize and and plan your homeschool days or your days. I started, I got it, I knew I wanted to homeschool, so I got it probably when Cassidy was three and started using it then and I've used it basically ever since and it's really helped me and my family even in times of change and times of shifting like this year we've got Cassidy's at college, Asher's doing vocational training, which, um, I have to, I have to drop him off with the bus to, to go to do his vocational training. And so that I had to adjust our schedule a little bit once that started, but the schedule is there for me. It's a backbone and I can see everything that needs to be done. And it's just basically kind of rearranging it rather than everything getting completely derailed. And even in times of crisis, our family has gone through some crisis times in the past couple years, past few years, really. Um, And even if you're not on a schedule for a little bit, you can come back to it. Or even if you only cling to it a little bit, um, it's there for you, giving you some some sort of stability in a time that's difficult. So anyways, that's a possibility. Um, I, I talked some about Waldorf, um, looking at early childhood beliefs on Waldorf. I don't know that I necessarily like it. When I say Montessori book or a Waldorf book or whatever, I don't necessarily subscribe 100% to the pedagogy or the belief system or anything. But these are things that have inspired me um, to look at. It's kind of like anything with life. You take what resonates with you and you leave the rest. And some of it may become part of you and your family routines and feelings and traditions and some of it maybe not so anyways these are things that you can look at and that you can consider that are just things for possible inspiration so looking at early years Waldorf and Montessori and really it's just looking at that feeling in that atmosphere Um, managers of their homes another great book I think to read is uh, for the children's sake Uh, it's a beautiful beautiful book to read and just be inspired um about what you might want to give to your children as they're growing up uh, in terms of an education or a life. So this is the time when you're thinking about conception to kind of consider these things and dream about them. Of course, other things to look at are health, environment, again, that atmosphere, what's the atmosphere like? Um, Those are all things to consider and things to say, how can I work even slowly baby steps towards changing these things so that my life is ready for a baby, so that my environment and the feeling of my environment are ready for this baby to come. Um, And I feel prepared for the adventure of motherhood. Again, I think having a solid support system is good for that. 
And then, of course, as a side note, but an important one, now is a good time to work on you and your relationships. So you may need to do some mental and emotional healing in this time if you have traumas in your past, anything like that. This is a good time to get support to do that work and to start looking at those things and to move to the point where you're really free and empowered to work on you and to acknowledge what happened in the past but not necessarily to be held back from it. So there may be things, there may be abuse or bad relationships or bad decisions on your part, many things in your past. And now can be a time to to come to some level of peace with them. It can be a time to consider the different parts of yourself and what parts of yourself come out at different times and why. And just be accepting of all of that and everything that you've been through and also consciously make the choice that, you know, you, this conscious, bright, intelligent, looking forward to her future you is going to be the one leading the day while also honoring those parts of you and those experiences that you had in the past. So it's just a time for some of that soul searching. And then again, I feel like it's a good time to prioritize your relationship, work on your marriage, um, get that strong talk about learn about communication and that sort of thing because that's something that can be tested by parenting um and so this is a good time to work on that so hopefully these suggestions have been helpful to you especially those of you who are thinking about conceiving or who are hoping to be can trying to conceive soon um it was a fun episode for me to think about thinking about you know those days when i'm wistfully waiting for a baby and what's a good way to while away the time So those are some things for you to think about. Um, And I do hope that soon I will have the name and information about the Facebook group. If it's launched by the time this episode goes live, I will put the information in the show notes. Otherwise, keep listening. You can always head over to TrustBirth101.com. That's TrustBirth101.com. Sign up for the newsletter list. You'll get notifications about all the new podcasts, new blog posts, other new material. Um... All the things that I've mentioned that I've been talking about in the newsletter list lately, you'll be in on all of that, and you'll be one of the first to know when the Facebook group and that sort of thing launches. So with that, I hope that you have a blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.